Welcome back to another episode of Dig to MRR. Today we have Rob and the mysterious Kennedy. How are you guys doing today? Boom, that was straight in, wasn't it? There were no oh. niceties there. That was just, oh, we're recording and we're into the podcast. Hello. <laughs> hello. Yes. Hello. So how are you guys doing today? Yeah, you know, you guys are over in the UK. Is it, is it hot up there, rainy? How are you guys doing? Humid. It's really hot. Very it's humid. really hot. Uh, but not nice. No. Not nice. Well, you know, everyone in the UK always complains about the weather all the time. So it, I don't know if we can, I think that's, that's a thing. We don't complain about it. We just talk about it a lot. And because it's mostly mm. crap, we complain about it a lot. That's, the, that's kind of the way it is. Gotcha. Well, you know, as, as uh, you know, a lot of my favorite marketers are from the UK. So why don't you uh, fill the audience in about, you know, what you guys are and what you do? All right. Yeah, sure. So we have a bit of a weird background compared to maybe some other people you have spoken to on the podcast or have spoken to on the podcast. Um, I'm actually, I'm Rob, by the way, this is Kennedy. Uh, and we are the founders of a SaaS platform called Response Suite and also a brand called Email Marketing Heroes. Uh, our background's a little weird though. I'm actually a comedy stage hypnotist. So I've spent like the last 17 years traveling around the world, performing a comedy hypnosis show, hypnotizing people, making them do crazy things. Kennedy's a mind reader, or as you guys in the States would call it, a mentalist. So he uses like body language psychology, influence, understanding people, reading people in order to make it look like he can read people's minds and then he makes funnies while he does it. And so we've been doing that for like 17 years on my part, 18 years on Kennedy's part. And we've been mates for a bit longer than that, really. And yeah, we met at a conference for magicians. Isn't this the, like people are going to be thinking, this is the wrong podcast. Like my podcast <laughs> app's broken or something. Um, and then along the way, we realized that we had this obsession with email marketing specifically, uh, but with online marketing generally, because it was the biggest vehicle that we had in order to do better with our entertainment businesses, to sell more stuff and uh, get booked more and get paid more and all that cool stuff. And that led us to, to this crazy journey of starting a SaaS platform, believe it or not. So what came first, Marketing Heroes or Response Suite? Response Week came first. Response Week came first. Uh, we really wanted to, we identified that we both individually had a problem, uh, which was we would like to run a survey. It'd be really good if we could run a survey. And then as soon as somebody on our list has completed the survey, stop sending them reminders to fill out the survey. That's all we wanted to do. It was very plain and simple. So what happened was Rob also had the same problem. So when he couldn't make um, Survey Monkey do it, he thought, what I'll do is I'll, I'll just email them. I'll just email SurveyMonkey and the nice lads and lasses over at SurveyMonkey will go, that's a cracking idea, that Robert Temple. I'm gonna, we'll just whack an integration out this afternoon and everything will be lovely. That's what Rob thought, of course, not realizing they were a billion dollar business and that's kind of not their jam at all. So we realized that actually this is a problem that a lot of people have. They want to be able to use surveys. They want to be able to use questionnaires, quizzes, forms, application forms in order to segment people and do better marketing. So why don't we, since we know that a lot of people have that same problem, why don't we do something about it and, and create a business that does it? So that's what we did. And then something awful happened. Basically, we, we hired everybody in-house. So... We didn't farm off as a project somewhere or anything like that. We literally said, because Rob and I don't know the difference between a forward slash, a backslash, a question, we, we just, we don't understand what a div is. Well, I've got an idea Rob might be one, but I think, but we don't really understand. <laughs> we don't really understand any of that technical stuff. So we thought in order to not get ripped off and get taken down the garden path with it all, we should employ 
people, we can watch over their shoulders and breathe down their necks and make sure every squiggle can be justified. So we did that. So we ended up with a, b- a big cost base. We ended up with two uh, a two-room office, masses of office space, because we liked it. We wanted a video studio. And we had two full-time members of staff, plus somebody else who was a freelancer, all on this business. And as I said, then something horrible happened. We basically got to the beginning of one of the months, not that long ago, and just and realized we were about to run out of money. Well, hiring them people sounds like a great way to light money on fire. So, you know, you guys did a great we, job at that. We, we learned a very difficult lesson, and that is that we weren't very good at marketing a SaaS platform. Just being totally honest, like we have spent, so the bridge between the bridge between being entertainers and having a software platform was uh, selling information products and courses. So um, Kennedy was creating and selling courses and a membership site for people who were entertainers, magicians, singers, guitarists, ventriloquists, etc., helping them build a better entertainment business like he had. And I was selling information products and courses to people who wanted to be stage hypnotists. And we both built really nice businesses from that to, to support and actually just fill in the, the boring time that you get when you're traveling around as an entertainer. And we thought, wow, we're really good at selling stuff on the internet collectively. Kennedy was over there selling his stuff on the internet. I was over here selling my stuff on the internet. And that was great. And then we thought, so we've got this software platform. There's definitely a need for it. Everyone we've spoken to said, oh, if you could run surveys and they could do all this cool stuff, that would be great. Um, and then we realized actually selling selling SaaS is hard and selling SaaS is expensive. And do you know what? The cost of having the office and the staff and all that stuff, you're right. It was a great way to light money on fire. I mean, we needed them. Like there's no, I wouldn't have cha- I wouldn't have chosen to do it a different way, truthfully. But we then hadn't, we hadn't factored in what the costs would be of acquiring customers from paid ads to software and the lead time required to, to do that. That's a great, that's a great segue, you know, cause a lot of people have this mentality that, Hey, I'm selling a subscription. It's going to be great. Right. You know, my cost of acquisition, I'm good at acquiring customers. I'm good at acquiring one-time customers. Can't be that much harder to acquire subscription customers. Right. And then, then they'll never leave me and I'll have this great churn rate. And, you know, in, in three months I'll be, you know, a million dollars a month, right. It's going to be fantastic. Easy. Um, but that's usually not the reality. So just so the, the audience can kind of, understand you know where where you guys are at at this point compared to where you know we're going to talk about marketing here in just a minute but at this point when you were saying oh, oh crap i'm going to run out of money got this big team you know what were your revenues doing when you're trying to support an entire an entire office like that well at that point what were they i mean basically at that point Robert, basically, we're completely bootstrapped. We're completely doing the thing. You know, this whole thing of don't ever use your own money. We thought that's not for us. Our own money, that's where it is. So we were literally- It was literally- a core belief. We decided let's not take investment. We even had offers from friends and people in business and we just chose not to do it. Yeah. Oh, if it makes you feel any better, I'm an idiot that uses my own money too. So it's all good. <laughs> oh, we're all in, we're all in right. the same club. So we're all in the same place, right? So we were like, our revenues at that point, I mean, they were probably about, about 50. 50% of cost? Were they, were they even that? Yeah, 30 to 50% of costs, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. So, rubbish. And so, like, ball, ballpark, what, what was that? Just so we have an idea. Uh, it doesn't have to be exact. Just just a, a rough estimate so people understand what the pain that you're in at that point. Oh, well, they are. I right. mean, it's hard to say. We, we, would, we, we, we were definitely losing about 10 grand a month. Okay. So, you're, you're negative 10K. And um, so, yeah, obviously, your MRR is, was some portion of that. But, yeah, that that that's got to be a tough pill to swallow. I mean, that you know, 
10 grand a month and, and every month was the month where we thought well for, uh, for a while we lived in cuckoo land of thinking that by the end of december say you know let's imagine it was july we'll say right by the end of december we'll have 500 customers and i don't know where we got this miraculous number from that suddenly we were going to have 500 recurring customers but like every 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 month we were just going no, no it'll be all right and we were we were doing the thing we would normally teach people not to do and we were just like pushing this problem down the road yeah. You're living in your own reality distortion field. Totally. I mean, yeah, 100%. And so then we, we had to literally have the conversation one day where we sat around with the staff and said, you're going to work this month. I'm not sure we're going to pay you at the end of the month. You know, that's, <laughs> that's a hard yeah, that's, conversation. Kennedy called me, Kennedy called me crying. Oh. And we had to have this conversation and say, is, is this a problem? How do we deal with this? You know, and we've never, neither of us have ever had a job before. Um, so we've never like everything we've learned about working with staff has been learned by having staff rather than by being a member of staff somewhere. Um, and so we did have to sit down at the start of a month on like the, we said, let's, the, the way to do this is to tackle it at the very beginning of the month. The minute we, we're aware it's a problem, let's sit the staff down and say, look, you guys have been with us on this journey now for a while. Um, and you're invested emotionally into the product cause you're a part of it. This is the situation. Uh, and we just needed you to know about it now rather than the, the day before we have to pay the wages. Because we um, said it was not acceptable for us to let, let, allow them to work for the month with this lie on our backs, this really heavy lie on our backs, which was they're working hard. And we're like, why are you not working harder? Come on. And knowing that at the end of the month, we, might, we it was very likely we're going to be saying, you know, we work really, really hard this month. There's, there's no wages. And so we did two things. One is we both agreed that we weren't comfortable with that, even though I'm sure in HR land and personnel land, that's what you're supposed to do because you can't show any weakness because you're the boss and all that sort of stuff. We think that's rubbish. You know, we think relationships and being truthful is, is way more important. But also, we wanted to come to them with a solution. And it wasn't a solution so much as a plan because we knew by the time we had that, that Monday morning meeting where we sat down and had that conversation, we wanted to say to them, this is a distinct possibility. We are currently facing this really big problem. We don't know where the revenue is going to come from this month to pay you. But this is the radical, and it was radical, change of direction we're going to take. We're going to basically invent a new business in the next three days and make enough money by the end of the month to pay the wages is the plan. And we, will, and we just said, whatever we've got at the end of the month, if it's all of your wages, you'll get your wages. If it's a portion of your wages, that's what we'll pay you. And you'll get it at some point, but it might not be this month. And the, the, this was this idea, this radical idea of let's invent a new business. If we can't get response suite profitable in the next 30 days, which is unlikely given track record, how do we, what, what can we do instead? Um, that idea was born out of the fact that we knew that this was not going to be different next month. Like we were sat looking at next month going, oh, this is going to be the same conversation next month, even if we got through this one somehow. You saw some cracks in your, your own reality distortion field, finally. Finally, yeah. <laughs> and it got through. So, so how did your staff respond to the, the complete transparency about <laughs> where you're at and where you wanted to go? They actually... Um, the, the best description I can give you is they actually both, we sort of said, so, you know, anything you want to say or ask us or anything. And they, and, and we, we knew we were going to have the conversation with both of them together and then take them off separately to talk about their own personal situations. And they, they, uh, they sort of shrugged and said, okay. That's exactly so what they were, 
They went. They were ride or die. They were ready to roll. They, they totally like, just went. Okay, fine. All right. Okay. Can we get back to work now? Kind of thing. It was like you told <laughs> the, us. The, the scariest the conversation went was okay and talk us through the plan that you've got to get out of this situation so that this won't be the, the conversation next month. But like, okay, fine. Yeah. Interesting. It makes you wonder if maybe they saw through <laughs> your own facade and, and weren't surprised by the information and were probably relieved maybe even that you guys were coming to terms with the reality and, and had a plan to try to move forward. Who knows? Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Yeah. So that was, that was the moment that the email marketing heroes thing was born. Um, and that's kind of the segue really, I guess, if, if that's what you, you know, if that's what we're sort of looking at, because we needed something and we knew that based on our track record, we could sell information products. We could package expertise into eBooks, online courses and membership and actually have it so that we, we were selling things that we know we can turn profit on very quickly. And that led into a very quick belief and a very, it was interesting. We, we said we need to never start the month on zero again which is what we were like, we felt like we're doing. Like it wasn't zero because we had some revenue with the response suite, but it, it felt like it was zero. One of the problems we had was some, some of our, a lot of our response suite customers were buying annually, which uh, we definitely wanted the MRR. So that was, that was problematic. We can't stop them from doing it other than to take it off sale, but we didn't want to also turn the sales away. So a lot of customers preferred to pay annually. Um, and at the very, very beginning of our journey, we did like a, a one-time price launch as well. So we were also supporting those customers. So we knew that whilst, yeah, we, we were not starting absolutely on zero, but we knew that we were starting way below break even every month. And we were like, right, what we actually need to do is make sure we're starting every month at, at least at break even. So we need to get there as quickly as possible. Yeah, well, I mean, when you charge annually, the, the benefit obviously is you get to collect more cash on the front end. But the problem is a lot of people, especially in the early stages, like that money gets spoken for like that, right? Oh like God. that money is, is gone. And then your next month, and it's like, yes, technically that MRR, you know, that has, is amortized out of your annually recurring revenue, but like it doesn't feel that way. You know, you need money right. this month. You need money because, in today. Because MRR is not the problem. Um, cash flow is the problem. It's a different problem, right. isn't it? You know, cash flow is the problem. And that's when the whole brand came around and we just said, okay. We need to create, and, and, the, and the, the rules of creating a new solution were it can't be like something that is alien and unattached to responsory. So it's not, let's go and teach people how to train their dogs or how to do something else or something else. Why, how can we create something that we are already good at so we don't have to learn anything? We're already good at, we already enjoy doing, but actually creates profitable prospects for response suite. So how do we create something where we get prospects in and we immediately turn a profit straight away and then they sit there and then they become a prospect for response suite with zero acquisition costs now for the, for the prospect for response suite. That's so, the dream right there is you want to have profit. You want to get paid to generate leads and then promote your main product behind that. Right. And that's it. I mean, and obviously retrospectively we can go, and that's what we did because we're all very smart. <laughs> and, but, but in a sort of where we did sort of plan it in that we said, what's great is if we create a, a, some, some training and we create some, a membership, which is all around email marketing. Well, that, that's the point of response. Week, is that 
it improves all of your email marketing because it, it's a survey platform which integrates with your email marketing platform so you can segment people and give them more relevant offers. And because we're all about relevance and the way we teach email marketing, it's the perfect, perfect relationship. So it massively ex- extended our funnel, but we almost didn't do it. And one of the reasons we almost didn't do it is we sat down for a coffee with a, with a coach. And there was this, co- this coach, he said, Tell me what you're doing. And he's he's a he's a he's a quite a big business coach, and he, he's and he was coming to Newcastle with another client. We said we'd meet him, so we sat down and we said, "This is our plan." And he said, "Don't do that." To do with the email marketing heroes thing, he said, "You're basically inventing something new to focus on instead of fixing where the actual problem is." And we both took that to heart. We both said. Oh, he's right. We're just create because we enjoy creating stuff. What we all like, shiny object syndrome, of course. Uh, we go and distract ourselves and misdirect ourselves with something that might work uh, rather than have to face the thing that's not working. So we said, oh, maybe we shouldn't do it. And then thank God we did not listen to the guy's advice. Otherwise, we would not be in business anymore. We really wouldn't be in business. Uh, luckily, we said, okay, this is a strategic thing. We are good at this. We can build funnels that sell information products. And, and it worked. You know, the, the beauty of that is, I think it sort of highlights something that maybe you didn't even realize you highlighted, which is, you know, when my, my biggest fear personally about like taking other people's money on VC money is that you get people that are not incorrect, right? So his advice would probably wasn't actually bad advice because in the perfect world, he would say, hey, you know, I know you enjoy making content, whatever, but in a perfect world, what you should do is you should be get, you know, get really good content strategy around specifically response suite, maybe SEO, find specific lead magnets that they plug in there, right? In a perfect world. But like Tim Ferriss says, the mediocre diet you can stick to is much better than the perfect one you never do. Totally. <laughs> and so if it wasn't in your wheelhouse to do it, right? The, the direction you went made sense for you because you have such intimate knowledge of yourselves and the business, right? This, this person is not uneducated, unwise, they just made a, mm-hmm. a ideal world solution, right? And that, that's my biggest fear of like a VC scenario is you get people that are smart, that have money, that have experience, but they're applying based on a glimpse of a business as opposed to the full context. And so I think that, you know, sort of maybe mistakenly, that's actually something that you, you underscore, which I, I really am glad that you did because, you know, that's, like I said, one of my biggest fears of, of working with someone like that. And so you, know, you followed your path and it worked because it's the diet you could stick to. It's the diet, you know, it's the that. skills you had in your back pocket. Bang on. And I think that's the reason we've never taken on a coach really is because every time we've sat down and because we've thought about, you know, get a coach, let's get a coach. Cause we, there's lots of things we can't see because we need some, some broader perspective. But every time we've done that pre meeting with a coach and they tell us what they would do, we go, it's a great idea. But it's, it's not the right idea. And on, on paper, the logic works perfectly. The numbers work perfectly. I can see you've done it a thousand times. But I don't want to do that. I don't want, that's not the game I want to play. Yeah, I think unless coaching comes bundled with implementation, where they say, this is the advice and I'm going to help you do it with my team, then that's a little bit different scenario as opposed to just being, here's some advice, now you go run with it. Because right. if they have the experience and they have the team to execute on it, that's a whole different story, right? Because then they can execute that perfect diet in the metaphor I used earlier, as opposed to just telling you to go do it with whatever tools and staff you already have available. Right, right. 
Right. Exactly. So, so walk me through, how did, how did this launch work? I mean, you said you had three days to build this business. You know, what, what were the products you came up with? How do you rapidly create the products? How do you market those products? Like that's, it's a big deal to do that kind of launch in a short amount of time to save your business. Walk me through price points, products, creation, launch, the whole thing. Yeah, cool. So what we had managed to do was, we, so I'll just preface this, we had spent some time building a list of about 1,000 or 1,500 people. So like a fairly small list uh, of people who were interested in Response Suite fundamentally. Like they'd opted in, th- well, I say that, they'd opted in through online marketing related lead magnets, but actually we'd never done a particularly good job of relating the lead magnet to Response Suite. So that's why we 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 couldn't get the leap from there to them being a response free customer, but we did have this list of people that we were like emailing and they sort of knew who we were and that was fine. So we knew we had that as a starting point. So what we did was we thought, well, what would be, what are we good at? And what's, uh, you know, we got to the email marketing bit, thought, as Kennedy said, that fuels them to be ready for response suite. So we thought, what's the perfect front end? And we knew that we had a resource that we'd put together. It certainly wasn't customer friendly at the time, like it was ugly, but we had a resource we'd put together that eventually became known as the email marketers game plan. And it was basically a series of campaigns that Kennedy or I had run in our own respective businesses over time that we brought together. And there was like something in there for a webinar. There was one in there for a product launch. There was something in there for a flash sale, like a whole bunch of campaigns. And we thought if we just put those together as a book, originally we were going to do free plus shipping. We were like, that'll be good. We can put that together. We've already got it. We just need to have it laid out nicely. So we got our designer to lay it there out nicely, did a front cover for it, became known as the email marketers game plan. That was the first bit. The second product was um, something we realized, okay, great. What's, what's going to help those people? So we brainstormed that and came up with our idea for a thing called rescue mission. We put that together, literally put the slides together. I went around to Kennedy's apartment uh, so that we weren't sat in the office late and we literally hit record. It was about two and a half hours long. I think we recorded the whole thing, like put the slides together in that same day. So that was all done exported that that's the upsell product sorted uh, and then we pulled some video recordings of something we'd done as a bonus when we first launched response suite and we said that would be, actually be a really good final upsell in that funnel so we, we we had fortunately put that together so we polished it all off put it together uh, i think i went off and built the pages kennedy went off and wrote the copy and then we like sent it to each other and like put the whole thing together uh, and literally yeah in, in three or maybe four days we pulled the whole thing together into a, a sort of finished working funnel and we did, we effectively did a flash sale launch to the list of people that we had as a, let's hope to heck this works. Uh, and, and you did, did that just to the, the thousand or 1500 that you had as prospects. Exactly. And just price points wise and what was going on to get into the details, it was a very standard Ascension funnel. So it was 27, 97, 297 with one-click upsells along the way. Uh, did it even have one-click when we first launched it? Yeah, I think it did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, and so it was, those are the those are the numbers, you know, like, so it was 27, 97. And One-time purchases on each price point, right? 27 once, 97 once, 297 once. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it worked so well. It worked so well that in terms of the sales we got out of it, that... Well, two things happened. First of all, we were able to pay the staff in full and the office rent and everything else and the tax that's associated with their salaries and everything that goes along with it. So like we were literally able to suddenly make make the bills that month, which means that the money we would have made from response anyway, like the small level MRR that we had was now gravy. Like that was that was bonus. That was good. And that was excellent. And we came off the back of it and we said two things have happened. One, we've achieved our goal of creating a funnel that we believe we can drive cold traffic into at a profit and it should fuel response rate. We had response rate. We had, um, we had response rate as an offer 
on the thank you page and people took that even though they'd been on our list for response week for ages um we got them to like get their credit card out and prove they knew how to use it and then get through to the end of the funnel and then on the thank you page click through and become a take a response week trial which is like well, uh, one of the products is quite heavily seeded with response rate as well. Like we talk about running surveys as part of your email campaigns. So like everyone who bought that, it becomes an instant thing for them to want to check it out too. But further to that, we then said, hmm, this is interesting. We should have a membership site for email marketing heroes because we, I've, I have a membership site outside of this business. Kennedy has a membership site outside of this business. Like we've, we've built membership sites for the last 10 years. We know how to do that. Um, so we should have a membership site where we create this stuff. Uh, and so we said that way we can have MRR coming in from response rate, but also from uh, the heroes membership site too. And what we were really keen to do with those two members membership sites is have, and it sounds like a really small detail, but it's a really important thing um, for us anyway, um, is we, they bill very differently. So like basically the idea is customers don't feel like they're handing over a massive chunk every month to her, to us because it all says Robin Kennedy on the credit card statement. We've got, they might pay some to email marketing heroes and then on another wall, on another line on their credit card, it's got response suite. So the idea is that we're sort of making little bits from here and there. And, and basically I think probably people probably look at our business and don't quite understand where we make most of our money because it is really diverse now, I would say, Rob. Right. Totally. Because we've got front end products, which are, which people are buying, whether they're going to the blog and they're finding the beginning of the funnel because the, the game plan, by the way, we still sell that like that funnel still sells literally every day for us right now. We have hardly changed it. I think we probably were thinking about changing a little bit of it, but we've hardly changed it at all. Um, that funnel is still working beautifully and and our membership, which we call the League of Extraordinary Email Marketers, because uh, you're going to have a pretentious name for something like that, haven't you, right? <laughs> so, uh, so the League, actually, we didn't come up with the name of the League. One of our members did. We actually created a membership without a name and said to the members, we need a name for this. Um, so one of our members, Fifi, came up with it, uh, which is great. So, and so now we've got nice, we've got like a nice product range, which is really nice. Gives us nice diversity. It reduces our risk because obviously we all, we had all of our eggs in the response we basket before. And now to have this level of diversity where we've got one-off sales coming through who, from people who want low commitment sort of investment. And when, then we've got some recurring revenue from the league, the membership. And then as a number of people move all the way through that, who have bought everything in the funnel, including a response suite. So it's, it's, we've created like an, e- an ecosystem, which is just really beautiful right now. You know, it's funny that you mentioned about people buying response suite on the back end, even though they'd been exposed to the offer before we we've had that same experience. And uh, I'm sure most of the audience, uh, or at least a good portion of them are familiar with Perry Belcher from you know the digital marketer community. And he's a little crass, but he always describes the reason one, so one click upsells works so well is that, you know, it becomes a buyer in heat. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, people are just really <laughs> intense about like, once they start buying, you know, it feels really good buying more because it's releasing dopamine so in your brain and doing all these things. And so even though they've been ex- you know exposed to an offer before, this is why so many marketers obsess about that free plus shipping, right? If you can get someone, even the concept, if you can get them to spend $1, you can get them to spend a thousand uh, because once you've, you know, popped that balloon, it's all up for grabs. It's two things that for us, we, in our business, we refer to it as um, getting them to prove they've got a credit card and they know how to use it, which Rob mentioned before. Um, there's another thing, and, and there's a really good book, um, which no one talks about. And I'm, uh, it's by Joe Vitale and it's called 
buying trances. And it's about people literally go into a different state when they are in a buying trance, right? in, that, in that mood. And what you've got to do is you've got to, when people go into trance, when Rob hypnotizes them, you've, it's, a frag, it's a fairly fragile state, unless you can take them to a really deep version of that state. I work with Rob on his show, so I can sort of talk about this a little bit. Um, but what Rob does on stage is a, is a really deep hypnotic trance, right? Where, which, which means he can get people to open their eyes and hallucinate things and see things that are not really there or believe and think that they are things that they're not. But when someone's in that sort of passive, in a much more shallow state, which we're going in and out of all the time as human beings, we go in and out of different states. When they're in that buying state, all you've got to do is not derail it, not pop the balloon and not burst the balloon of that state as they continue going along. And it's really easy to do because your next landing page does sort of run a razor along the edge of that balloon, but you've got to just be careful. And you, and then the next page does the same thing. And as they scroll down, is there something else which bursts the balloon? So does that testimonial, does that whatever it might be, that piece of copy, that, that image, whatever it is, does the button, whatever, the shopping cart, does any of that burst the balloon? Does any of that break that buying trance? And that, that's, that's the game that we're playing. And we, we have to see it as a game, if nothing else. You know, we have to, in our minds, we gamify it. We know in science you're supposed to gamify everything. But I think in business, you have to gamify it as well. Otherwise, you just go a bit mad. Definitely. Well, you know, one thing I'm trying to wrap my head around that I think a lot of people might miss here too is you talked about how just, what, 1,500 people basically saved your business in that month. Can you give me an idea of, of like what the sales were from that funnel just to kind of prove what people can do from a small list? Doesn't, uh, even mean, if it's not a lot of it, if it covers your expenses, that, that is a big deal. Yeah. yeah I mean, we were averaging about nine to $10 per subscriber. So it would have been some of the realms. It was north of $10,000 from sales. Like it was, it was really solid. Yeah. Well, there, if, if you got, you know, that number nine to $10 per subscriber, right? A lot of people look at earnings per click. It's like, Oh, if make a couple dollars per click, it's a decent offer, but you know, you guys were making $10 per subscriber. Yeah, we, we, we did the, we got in touch with them. I remember writing the very, I wrote the very first email and I remember writing it and I thought we need to do this in a very careful way because they know us from Response Suite and they've probably listened to, we had a podcast that we did at the time called Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. Um, it's still up there. We're just not recording new episodes. Um, and, and so they, they, some people would have subscribed to that. So they know who we are, but they know who we are because we talk about Response Suite. So the, 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 the very first email literally had to say, listen, we created Response Suite because we are obsessed with email marketing. We've done it for our entire online careers. And we want people to be able to do better, more segmented, smarter, as we see it, email marketing. Uh, and so, listen, we want to help you with email marketing in every possible way that we can. And that's why we put together this game plan of email marketing campaign. You should go and grab it here. And it's right now it's on a special flash sale offer and go and check it out. Um, and so that was how we did it. And, and that was nerve wracking to know that we're emailing a bunch of people about a thing that they're not particularly expecting to hear about. Like they, they do hear from us on a frequent basis, but it's a new offer. Uh, but it, it just, it just seemed to resonate somehow. That's awesome. Did, has anything with marketing heroes flopped so far for you guys? Oh, I mean, yeah. obviously this was, this was a big home run compared to the marketing you were doing with response suite, but you know, what things haven't worked? Cause not everyone's going to get a $10 per subscriber offer out of the gate. Right. You have to probably, you know, test and iterate. So, so what hasn't worked? Yeah, we did um, actually just, just, um, Last month, or just over a month ago, we we tried a new offer because our main thing that we that we offer 
once people get through our main campaigns that promote that main funnel is we then drop them into a daily broadcast sequence. Um, so Rob emails that list every single day, tells a story, segues into a, an important email marketing lesson, and then makes an offer of basically the same thing every day, which is the league, our membership. And so we're always coming up with new angles to talk about the league from. And I think it's my fault. No, is it? I don't know if it's my fault. Whose idea was it, Rob? That the, the reverse thing that didn't work? Mine. Was it yours? Okay, great. So Rob did a terrible thing. No, so this is the first time guests have ever fought over who did the bad thing on their. Oh, it's one hundred percent my idea. It was one hundred percent my idea. So we thought <laughs> we thought there's this great training inside of our inside of the membership, the league, which is actually about how we email people every single day and they reply saying they love receiving our emails. And so they like receiving our emails so much. So even though every 100% of those emails have a sales offer in them, 100% of them, and we email seven days a week, 365. We, so people enjoy receiving those emails so much that on multiple occasions every week, we have people join our membership but then contact us at support to say, how do I still receive your daily emails though? And we have to say, but they're the emails that sell you the thing you've just bought. You don't need them anymore. They're like, no, but I really like them. So that's, that's sort of, so we have a very tight strategy, um, quite a complex strategy, uh, but it's very simple implement around how we do this daily email thing. And that we recorded as one of our battle plan trainings inside of the league. And Rob said, you know what, because we harp on and we talk about, you must email your list more often. And people hear us talking about emailing daily. It's the big, it's the thing we're becoming known for as Robin Kennedy. We should take that out of the league and we should offer it as a front end. Because offering as a front end while it's still in the league might upset people because they'll buy it at the front end and they get it in the league and it all becomes a little bit messy. So I said, okay, let's do it. But why don't we do it? As, a rever- as an unlaunch. So we can do it like, hey, come and join the league. And we did like a four or five day, might even been a seven day, can't remember, campaign. Five day. F- five day. Five day campaign saying, hey, come and join the league before we take this thing out. That was the campaign before. This will be great because pe- we know, because Rob and I's background in psychology, we know for a fact, and I'm doing air quotes, fact that people are much more highly motivated by um, by something they're going to lose by loss than they are by gain. You know, if I say I'm going to give you $10, you'll go, all right, I'm not going to fly to, you know, I'm not going to run down the street to get $10. But if I come to your house and I steal $10 off you and I run down the street, you're going to run after me down the street because we have a much higher propensity to, propensity to uh, for, for loss. So we thought, okay, in that case, we'll use that psychological principle, because we know our onions when it comes to psychology, we'll use that exact principle to do this launch um, to get some more people into the league. Awesome. So email one goes out, Rob's like, oh, oh, we've got this great training. It's in the league. But if you wait till Friday, you won't get it. So you have to come and join the league now. On that Monday, we sold zero new memberships. We thought, okay, maybe because it was a gentle email, didn't really say much. Tomorrow's email, so we brainstormed it together. Let's put a bit more detail in, build up the importance of doing daily emails, and then tell them they're not going to get it if they join after Friday. Okay, hit send, wait the day, wake up the next day. Zero sales. Nothing. Not even even one person who's going to risk it for a biscuit. Nothing happens. Friday, by the time we're emailing every day, Friday, two, was it two or three emails on Friday? It was two or three. Right? right. 
three, three emails on the Friday to do the close on the, on the fact you're going to lose this thing. We spend five days telling people about stuff and making no sales, zero, not even one person thought that was interesting at all. So um, yeah, that completely failed. So actually, because we are a massive fan of just, we have a, a business policy of radical transparency where we're just like, oh, this was, this sucked. It was terrible. It didn't work. Um, we actually did a live in our Facebook group the other day about the campaign that didn't work because we just like to share that kind of stuff because everyone else is out there being a guru of like, here's all my amazing campaigns that work every single time, copy and pasting and make a million dollars in an afternoon. There's too much of that. And because what we're really about is, is being extremely real, is we said, why don't we show them the campaign? And again, Rob's idea, why don't we show them the campaign that didn't work? And we got great engagement on it. People were like, this should have worked. And we're like, yeah. And it didn't because we're not, human beings are not logical things, you know? So yeah, that sucked. And we spent five days wasting time on something that just wasn't making sales when we could have been. Yeah, that's definitely a bummer. Um, <laughs> I, 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 you, did you did anyone respond to you about why or, or say why in the Facebook Live? Or no, say not even, not even. Nope. It didn't resonate. Yeah. No. Have you guys ever read the book Predictably Irrational? I love oh, it. It's amazing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Dan Ariel, it's great. Yeah. yeah, you're talking about people being super, super irrational. I'm like, yeah, I mean, they are pretty predictably irrational, but yeah. they are definitely yeah. irrational. Yeah, so that that definitely didn't work. Most of the time, like the funnel has, and the good news is, I mean, that. So, I mean, the our business has been what I'm going to call again with air quotes safe since we launched that little brand. Like three or four days of pulling that funnel together, the business has been safe since we did that first promotion, uh, because we very quickly said, okay, great, this is good, this is good, but we've like we've exhausted that 1500 list now of that funnel more or less. I mean, obviously, we can keep marketing it, but we've done the hard work. Um, now we're going to be back to zero again next month. So we said, can we, can we pull what we've, what we're currently doing? Can we turn it into a membership model too? Uh, and sit that on the back end. So with that funnel, I mean, you said it makes sales every day. Are you guys running ads to that funnel? Well, sort of. We, yeah, we, dip so we in, have, yeah, we dip in and we dip out, don't we, of the ads thing? We have an ads campaign that gets turned on and off as we need it. So it's currently like a tap um, because we're currently we're currently working on dialing that in so that we can scale it. So we're running it on like the entry level, like it's sort of stable-ish. Uh, but we because we are bootstrapped, again, we want to make sure that we're not spending a bunch of money on ads. It's going to take us three months of our membership to, to make back later on. So we're, we're very, we're just doing it carefully. So we turn it on when we need a flood of new leads. Then we spend 30 days turning them into customers and members and stuff. And then we turn it off and turn it on again. Do you know what your payback period is right now on, on leads that you get from ads? We is there fairly, one? Like we're fairly comfortable that we're doing it within 30 days, for sure. Um, yeah, we're fairly comfortable, NBA, but NBA. I'm the guy who's like, I don't want you to be comfortable, Rob. I want you to be able to stand there on a the street and look me in the face and be like, that's what's happening every time, which is why there's, I'm going... The way it works, there's basically three entry points to this. We have affiliates who mail the front end directly, like just mail the game plan and, and straight through. That's great for us because it's profit from day one. 50% um, commissions to them across the funnel. Uh, then we run uh, content marketing. So obviously we have our podcast, the email marketing show. We have a Facebook group that's like the email marketing show community, it's called. So it's like the it's the social community that sits alongside the podcast for people who listen or people who just do email marketing come into the group that way. And as, as a result of that, they become listeners to the podcast obviously. Um, and so that is also an entry point to the funnel. So when somebody joins our group, they give us the, they have the option to give us their email address and that goes onto our list. They give us their email address to join our list and get the, get a free report. So we do that. Uh, so that's probably that. 
that with affiliates and ads is our sort of like triangle that brings people in. What's really interesting is that one, one of our most successful things we're doing is, is that group in terms of growth. It's, it's really powerful. And our real secret sauce, I think, uh, is guesting on other people's platforms. And that's not guest blogging. That's doing podcasts is great. I mean, in, in 2019, we did more than 60 podcast interviews. And that was fairly good. But what's been much better is going into people's paid memberships. So if people have got a membership where they teach, I don't know, Instagram, or they teach something to do with business and, and marketing and stuff, and we can go in and do a a, a, a no pitch, no offer, not even an offer, piece of pure content that makes their audience go, holy moly, this email marketing thing is great. And I like the way these two guys teach it. Because as you can probably imagine from the way we talk and our backgrounds as entertainers, we teach it in a very um, sort of um, irreverent and uh, very metaphor based, lots of stories, quite, you know, fun way. I mean, imagine email marketing fun. Well, you have energy. You're not, you're not a dry, dull guy you know, behind the scenes like me. You, you guys actually have, <laughs> you guys actually have, you know, some stage presence and whatnot. You know, it's, it's I mean, a great skill to have in your back pocket because it's half entertaining, half teaching, right? So exactly, exactly. So we teach a bunch of stuff. We do it in a fun way. And then at the end of that, they always say, oh, right. If we've got questions, what, sh what should we do? And we say, oh, tell you what. And people expect us at that point to do the free report or some kind of opt-in. And we purposely, psychology again, do the opposite. We don't do that. We want to look like we're the anti-sales people. We say, do you know what? You've got questions. You want to discuss this. We're always in our Facebook group. We're probably in there more than we should be, really. We should get some work done literally like a script um, and come and join our Facebook group. And they do. And then that, I mean, that's incredibly powerful because we're speaking to people who are cust who are used to buying, they've got credit cards and they know how to use them. That's awesome. And so what's your strategy then for outreach to get those opportunities to go teach into the premium uh, groups? Cause that's, that's something I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, you know, uh, podcasting was really successful for me, you know, over the past few years, especially with the contest stuff. Cause it was unique angle. It wasn't just the, like, you know, do a lead magnet, free tripwire, whatever contests were unique. And, and I saw like a nice long arc on that because we still get people reaching out from interviews. I did literally in 2012, you know, saying, Hey, this isn't your, your first interview on Mixergy back from 2012, you know? So th th there's a, there's a long shelf life to that instead of just in the stream, but but how do you find those opportunities and reach out and make it work for the, uh, for the people that run the groups? Right. So a few, few things that we do, and this is sort of the bit that I do most, I think, um, is we started with friends actually just to chip in there. We started literally by going to our, to our obvious friends, like who are the people on our list who are the e like we can text them on WhatsApp and say, can we come and do this thing? And they just said, yes. So that was easy. And the good news is that gave us something to leverage as proof. Like we could then say, and you know, everyone's got friends they can just get in touch with and say, can I come and do this thing? Uh, so that's the first bit. But actually, I mean, Kennedy can talk, elaborate on it now. We've always been pretty good at getting on people's radars. Like we decide, we just pick strategic people and we think we, we could really do with being in their world. Let's hack our way into there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, so I'll go back to how we how we hack into people's worlds in a second, if you want to call it hacking in their worlds, basically get on people's radars. Um, but from, once you're on people's radars, literally all we do is once once we've done a training for someone, is we say, "Who have you done this for? Where, who who do you know?" And it's literally turn every one of those into two or three more, and keep going, you know, and then it's the multiplier effect at that point, you know, um, in terms of getting on people's radars, I've got a really simple 
approach. Basically, this all basically starts off with our friend Janet. We, when we first started our very first podcast, we interviewed a, one of our really close friends called Teresa Heath Waring. And she's absolutely one of the loveliest people, great marketer, knows her stuff, very, very good, charismatic as all hell and lovely and a great friend. And we were interviewing her and she said, you know, it'll be, I'm sure it was her anyway. Uh, I might be misquoting, but I'm pretty sure it was her. And she said, you know, the person you really want to ha- aim for one day to have on your podcast would be this woman called Janet Murray. I thought, never heard of her. Who the heck is this Janet Murray woman? So anyway, I looked her up and realized she's kind of a big deal. She's got a gajillion followers on everything. She's getting like the most downloads in all the UK podcast charts, British marketer, absolutely storming it. And I decided on that day and I I called up Rob and I said, I'm going to be Janet Murray's best friend. And Rob was like, that sounds a bit weird. How are you going to do it? I said, I don't know but I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do it genuinely. I'm not going to be a stalker. I'm not going to do business. I'm going to be a best friend. I'm going to be actually genuinely a friend. And that was my mission to myself. And literally I came up with a strategy that we've used numerous, numerous times to, uh, to, to create relate genuine relationships with people. And it's just about having a bit of patience, really. Like I've got a spreadsheet and it's got different columns of the different stages of this outreach that I do. And it starts off with things like comment on one of the, look at their profile on LinkedIn and then wait a day. And then the next day, like something they put on LinkedIn, then wait a day. It's not exactly this after in front of me, but, and then it's comment on something of theirs and then look at their profile. And then the next day comment on two things. And then the next day, like something and then it, and then buy something of theirs that's cheap. So they can see that you're willing to to put your arm out and do something and then do a glowing testimonial of that thing you bought, recommend it to people and then comment and then view. And then in about 14 to 16 days, inbox them with another compliment. And now you're in in a conversation where you're now friends because you haven't done the from zero to a hundred in no time of, Hey, I thought it would be great to be connected. Can we do something for you? We're really good at email marketing and I think nobody wants that. But if you keep seeing my little face and I've obviously I've got unusual hair, so I do kind of stand out. But if, if you, if you suddenly I'm everywhere and you're like, what is going on? And I'm being really genuinely heartfeltly nice. Like, it's not a robot. It's none of that stuff. Then you're going to pay attention. And it's just having a bit of patience to sow those genuine seeds. And this led, by the way, to not just Teresa, but other people as well saying, oh, I mean, you'll struggle to get Janet her attention because she's so busy and, and everything. And she's so high up in, in our world and, and she, you'll just struggle to get her on your podcast or get on her podcast within a very short space of time, probably 90 days she was on our podcast, then we were on her podcast. I think we've been on her podcast three times now. More than any other guest, three times. We've also, uh, we were the closing headline speakers at her event in the UK. And uh, we just did a four module, um, month long intensive in her membership. So literally just by having a bit of patience and being genuinely just really nice with a strategy where you track yourself, otherwise you do lose track of people and stuff. That was it. I mean, I realized it was a much longer explanation than you probably wanted, but hopefully that's no, no, that, some ideas. That, that's exactly what I wanted. Cause you know, I wanted to, I suspect that it might've been something like that. And I, and I wanted to get people away from the, you know, the used car salesman approach that a lot of people teach like, Oh, you gotta do cold outreach on LinkedIn and have some pre-scripted thing. Like, 
I get connections every day on LinkedIn. And, and as soon as I accept it and they send me some crap like that, I'm like, remove connection, get out of my life. You know, it's oh, like, bravo. Even to me I consider now. myself, oh. <laughs> I consider myself pretty empathetic and I care about other people. I, I don't consider myself that self-absorbed. But at the end of the day, like we all notice people who give us compliments, like your ego can't totally ignore it, you know, and, totally. and, you, and you want people that are, you know, friendly and promoters of your product. And, you, you know, you can't help but feel compelled to reach out to the, those relationships. Do stuff so. for people, connect them as well. I mean, people love to be connected with other great people. You know, if one of my, one of my, one of the stages of my, my, my system is that I, I say, oh, do you know this person? And if I know someone who's like, good for them and I can put them together. They're like, Oh, how, you know, so you, you're now, if you, it's all ego. I mean, ego is the most incredible thing that we can use really for people. Yeah. You, even if you are doing your, you know, your little bit of uh, you know, relationship credibility in the beginning is really just helping connect them to someone else. Like you said, that's still plus one in your column because you, you, you provided value. You didn't even have to have the conversation. So didn't, do anything. didn't really do anything. that's amazing. Awesome. Well, I know we're coming up close to the, uh, the end of the, of our time segment here. So I want to make sure we squeeze in this last part. Cause this is, this last part is, is probably the most near and dear to my heart. I think that last marketing tip you gave is amazing. I think it's going to help a lot of people, but this last portion is really important to me personally. And I think you guys might have some interesting perspective given the struggles you went through with the staffing and the cash flow and whatever else. So, you know, when I talk to entrepreneurs, I always like to ask them, look, we're, we all go through some extraordinary stress. Right. And all these, you know, really hard things, hard decisions, hard conversations. And even if things are quote unquote great, we still internalize as entrepreneurs and creative people, a lot of what we do, maybe to the extreme. And the result of that can be stress, anxiety, overwhelm, depression, panic attacks. Right. And as someone who's personally dealt with anxiety for a number of years and occasionally even panic attacks, which seem like they're quote out of the blue, but it's usually systemic of something bigger going on. You know, I want to ask you guys, have you dealt with this in your business so far? And if you have, what things have you modified in your life to help you mitigate the downsides, improve the upsides and, and put yourself on a better footing? There's one thing I can definitely say here, and it's what you absolutely need to have in business. And I don't care who you are. I don't care how laid back you are, how, how, how stressed you get very easily. You need to have somebody else who is the absolute opposite of you. So Kennedy and I are very similar in lots of ways and we work together super well and we speak together very well and all of that stuff. But in terms of like our thought process, I think we're very different people. So I am dangerously laid back, dangerously chilled. And uh, Kennedy is very attention to detail. So I would like go headfirst into a project to, to try and make it work and know, and, but I also have the skill to get out very quickly if I can see it's going to go, if it's going to be a problem. Typically, respondent was an exception. Um, Kennedy is much more detail oriented, like won't go anything until like every I is dotted and every I is crossed. Like all of the details have to be laid out. Like if, um, a document of some description, he'll need to read it 10 times over. To me. I'll glance at it and say, I think it's probably fine. Um, sign it. Uh, and so I think what you probably need is something to balance you out. The truth is I was at the helm of the business by, uh, the, 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 is that the right word? Steering the shit myself. It would probably go on some rash directions because Kennedy's able to like just reel that in a little bit, that's really helpful. But at the same time, when Kennedy's stressed or like worried about something like when we went through that really difficult time, don't get me wrong, I was stressed as well. But I think we were able to sit down and have some real therapeutic conditions together where we just said, look, at the end of the day, 
you're alive, I'm alive, your family are alive and well, my family are alive and well. Like the worst case scenario is that we could lose the whole business. Like we, we'd have to close down response. We, we can just let it go to somebody else. If somebody wants to take it on as a project, like cool. Um, that was the worst case scenario. And we'll, we, I'll keep performing and traveling and all the rest of it. We'd have lost uh, a lot of money. Like I don't know how much, but loads of money that we invested over time. Um, and that's the worst case scenario. And I think one of the most important things you can do is to have somebody who levels out your mental, your mental state. Yeah. I think that's good advice. Um, Kennedy, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think I'm going to sort of just quote something badly quote. I'm not even going to quote. I'm going to completely screw up a quote from a book. So the, the book I want to recommend is the book I'm recommending to literally every person who I meet, who I care about. And I'm going to share it with you. And it's called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. It's the most important book that I've ever read in my life. I read it only about two months ago and it's changed my life. And one of the big beliefs that they talk about in the, in the book is that the external world, the things that are going on around you, that's the things people say, the things that people might think, the things that are happening around you, is completely irrelevant to what's happening in your head. Yet all of our lives, we seem to allow what's happening in our head to be governed and instructed and controlled by those external factors. And they're not related. We need to realize that actually we need to be confident without having somebody else have to say that was good. And we have to be sure without having to go, is this the right thing to do? We have to be able to um, find something attractive or something good or we, we enjoy something without it being because we're following the crowd. We have to realize that our mind is not controlled by the external and realizing that, not just hearing it, not just reading it, but really working on that has completely changed the way that I feel about myself, about the work that I do, about the people. Uh, every, every single thing part of my life has been changed because of that. Yeah, that, that's very on point. You know, one follow-up sort of continuation of, I guess, of that thought that I frequently try to remind people is, you know, anxiety is like the, the fear of the future, right? Or, or, and oftentimes that's related to like, what will people think of me if I fail? What will people think of me if I screw up, if this campaign sucks, if I lose my business, right? Like whatever you're catastrophizing in your head, what are people going to think about how I act, make a fool of myself, right? That, that's generally anxiety kind of in a nutshell. But when you think about it, everyone else has some degree of that themselves and they usually don't even think about you. <laughs> they're, they're, they're worried about how they're perceived, how their actions are perceived. They don't have time to really actually care about what you're really doing at the end of the day. So for those who do have anxiety, like, you know, like I do sometimes, it's, it's not necessarily a voluntary thing, but it's, if you can remind yourself not only what you said of being comfortable in your own skin and, and in your own conclusions, but also realizing that people probably don't care about your screw-ups as much as you think they do. <laughs> and, totally. and the ramifications are not going to be nearly as bad. Thing is, the bad stuff can happen, right? And let's say, let's say the bad thing that happens to you is you fall off the edge of a really big hill. And it takes you three minutes to roll to the bottom of that hill, right? And it hurts all the way down the hill. But at the bottom of the hill, it doesn't hurt anymore. You can choose how long that pain's gonna actually last for. You can choose, 
people can choose whether you're going to allow that pain to last for three minutes while that that pain's happening, while you go through the the thorns and the nettles and the stuff that's that's, that's beating you up and bump over the boulders. But at the bottom, you can decide whether you're going to continue allow that pain to hurt or not. So a thing that happened 20 years ago that you regret, you're embarrassed about, you feel awful about, whatever that thing you're holding on to is, that happened so long ago, and you are choosing to allow it to hurt you now. And it's 100% a choice to allow for you allow yourself to hurt that. Also the same with the future. I'm the worst, and this is what Rob was sort of alluding to before. I worry about the future, and I used to worry about the future, constantly. Now I'm just aware of it. I want to do really good stuff now to have a positive impact on the future. But the thing is, the future can't hurt me now either. And the future also, by the way, can't also uh, do the opposite of hurt you, which is uh, save you now either. So you, you have to be very, you have to be much more present. And that's the reason when, when Rob and I throughout this have said, you know, people ask us often about goals and stuff like that. We don't, well, I don't set goals. And the reason is because constantly in entrepreneurship, you're asked to focus on what's your goal, where you going, where you're headed. And the problem with that is I then became so obsessed with the future that I couldn't live presently and enjoy what's happening now because I'm thinking that this is just a contributing factor towards where I'm heading. And I'm constantly living in a future which we can never achieve because the future is always the future. So we have to remember that we can only affect and we get to choose how we feel and think and act right now. We can't affect any other time whatsoever. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Well, thank you guys so much for for sharing your experiences. I think it's incredible you guys are able to pivot so quickly and spin up with such a complimentary business that that really builds you out. That's that that to most people is actually the dream. I think people that are struggling, the dream isn't necessarily like you know have a big fancy car in the house. Sure, that might be great or aspirational, but like the dream is just like how do I get myself out of my current pain? And you guys are able to figure out a way to do that in a short period of time. So that's that's absolutely incredible. And uh, thank you for sharing the book recommendations. I'll do my best to include those in the show notes as well. If people want to follow up with you guys, check out what you're all about. What's the best way for them to do so? Um, well, uh, you could join our Facebook group. Honestly, we talk about email marketing in there all day long. So um, if you literally go to Facebook and look for the email marketing show community, we are in there talking about not just email marketing, truthfully, it is broader than that. It's to do with everything that we as people who package our information, our expertise, and are going on that entrepreneurial journey, it's, it, we talk about all kinds of things related to that stuff. Or if you're on a, on a web browser, you can just go to robandkennedy.group. Uh, yeah, robandkennedy.group, and that will forward you to Facebook. Uh, Rob, there's also the podcast. Yeah, if you want to, you obviously like podcasts. Uh, so if you want to listen to the podcast, it's called The Email Marketing Show. You will, of course, find it on all of your favorite podcast players, or you can go to theemailmarketingshow.com. Beautiful. Well, thank you guys so much for your time. And uh, we'll, uh, I'll be following your story from here on out and definitely implementing some of those strategies as far as getting uh, ourselves into some other groups. So thanks for sharing that and hope you guys have a good day. Thanks, Charles. Cheers, see you. Awesome. Bam. Thanks guys. Okay for you. Was that all right for you? Yeah, no, that was great. You know, it was, it was slightly different than the other episodes, which I think is a plus. So, okay. <laughs> we derail the show completely. No, 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 no. That, you know, I want them to be more organic. You know, some people, not you guys, but some people are, are quite dry <laughs> and sort of like, they want to be on podcasts, but it's like, 
like pulling teeth to go like, come on, like oh, we know, we've, seen, we've had yeah. that. <laughs> we talked. We talked to him yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> we had somebody on the, our last podcast, and we asked them a question, and she just said, um, "I'm sorry, that's not a good question for me." <laughs> we, right, we, like, we, right, we, we realized that she wasn't a very good guest for us. So <laughs> you're not you're not the right guest for us. Yeah. So that was uh, that was funny. But yeah, wow. that was that was, and uh, this is odd for a guest to say that. That was one of this was one of my favorite podcast interviews we've done. I good, know. good. I, I'm glad. I, I, you I, know, I love this conversation. Good. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, this will go up as part of season two. Uh, we do them in Sweet. seasons just because I, I suck at spending enough time to actually nail down enough guests to, to crank them out on a regular basis. <laughs> that, that's my biggest flaw, but well, as soon as it's ready, let us know. We'll, um, we'll put it into like our social content and email the list and just put it places. Awesome. Love that. Yeah. We, yeah. You know, as you can tell, I'm not going to spice in any even big promos for us to, at the bottom of the show notes, it says, you know, like, you know, brought to you by a campaign refinery and links back to us, but it's super, super low key. I just want to build a, a good audience of good content and see where it goes. You know, maybe eventually I'll do some more promos on it, but. Hey, do what you want to do. Yeah. yeah I mean, we're happy to support you. You know, just, it's an ecosystem, you know, that's how we look at it. Like you got to do, it's just good. And it's just, it's good content. Like I can't wait to tell people about this episode because we need to be, we, I wish we had a, better platform for talking about the mindset stuff because we're both massively passionate about it. As you, I mean, Rob, one of Rob's niches is about um, self-development. So we're both obsessed with it. Um, so this, yeah, I wish we had a channel to talk about this, but I'm pleased we've got to talk about it today. It's really good. Yeah, the mental health is really interesting. You know, um, like like one of the, you know, even Walt Bayless, even, uh, you know, who connected us. Walt's amazing. Yeah. You know, we got to the mental health part and he was talking about how, you know, the thing that saved his life basically is that his wife canceled his life insurance policy. That's what he said when we got to the mental health part, you know, so you uncover some interesting things about people towards the end and uh, it gets really real, you know, and that's, that's kind of my hope is that you can see people at any level of success. And sometimes the most successful people have, you know, the biggest demons and they find a way to get through it. So, you know, if they can figure out a way to get through it, so can us, <laughs> everyone else, right? At the, totally. At any level. So totally, kind of hope. Well, let us know how we can support you going forward. I definitely want to keep in touch and see what we can do together. I'm sure we can do some more stuff. So, Yeah. Um, Rob, I owe you an apology. I see you did respond back on July 29th and I apparently missed it. So, Oh, that's all right. Yeah. It looked like uh, as far as, you know, me doing content for you guys, contests might be the the best fit. Yes. Since, yeah, since you guys cool. have your own flash day, flash sale thing. And I did listen to your episode about the cleaning guy and I wouldn't have enough extra meat to fill an entire episode. I don't think, cause you did go pretty in depth. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to do the contest stuff and, uh, you want access to the tool. That's not a problem either. Yeah. If you don't mind, we'd love to run it uh, and actually do a contest and then we can use that to like make a case study thing. And then that helps us promote it better. Sure. Um, and then, you know, once, once you're happy with it, then we can put together the three day slot on the calendar somewhere if, if that makes sense for you. But I think you'll so be happy perfect. with it. Yeah, totally. Cool. Yeah. We, well, uh, we decided when we're going to promote stuff, we, the, the best thing we can do is to like use it and show people how we used it. Uh, because people love to do the thing that we do, it seems in our, in our crowd. Yeah. If they see us do good. it. They'll like want to do it. And then how do we get campaign refinery as a native integration on response suite? It's already, so it's, in it's the in our Asana project. So, um, uh, it will be, it'll be part of the development for probably the next quarter, I would imagine. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Well, just keep me informed what you guys need for that. Um, you know, you'll, you'll probably need a developer account, I assume. So yeah, yeah. 
uh, when that when you when they're at that stage, hit me up and yeah, I'll make that happen. Yeah, that's fine. And also, like with the response we end of things, I don't know if you do any training for your campaign refinery people, but if you want us to come and show some some cool examples of cool ways of using like a survey, a quiz and an application form or something. Um, dead happy to sort of just give you some content for that as well. If, if, if that's something you do. And we've already yeah. talked about the other content to go as your bonus for your flash sale launch too. Yeah. 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 Cool, um, I think, yeah, including with the flash sale launch would probably be the best way to start just because yeah. there's a natural built in audience and I already have the members area built out and okay. it's really easy to add an extra couple things to the menu item and drop in a couple of videos. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Sounds ideal. Keep it safe. All right. Well, thanks, guys. I don't want to take up any more of your day, but I, I really appreciate the time. And who's going to be sending me the audio files? After that will be Kennedy. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. Okay. Straight. What I'll do as soon as it um, it'll encode here, and then I'll put it somewhere lovely and drop you an email with it all. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Thank you so much. Cheers, yep. dude. Bye for now. Take Bye. care, man. Bye for now.